Kifa. Okay, welcome everybody to Move Left Idiots, uh, the podcast formerly known as United Not Silence. Uh, I'm your host, the artist formerly known as Anthony Monterulo. I'm joined by my co-host, <laughs> LaDonna Loki, and uh, new co-host sitting in, Max Carone. Guys, how you doing? Welcome, Max. Doing well, nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, as you guys probably noticed in your in your podcast feeds, we are no longer called United Not Silenced. Um, LaDonna, Max, and myself are no longer working on Sam's congressional campaign. But we wish him all the best, and we are uh, on to other ventures. Uh, so, along, yeah, so along with the podcast uh, renaming, we are also uh, working with the uh, Adriel Hampton Group uh, in various capacities. Uh, I myself, and I, I think it's cool to uh, bring this up because he's been posting about it on Twitter. I'm working with uh, Adriel's group on a book, an ebook for campaign fundraising. I'm going to be working on social media uh, for the campaign. So we're working with about seven candidates, progressives right now across the country and steadily growing. And so hoping to help them with all their content and getting all of their uh, feeds out there to more people. I'm working with them as a uh, creative assistant so or associate, I should say. So I have various roles with working with candidates and Doing a learning a lot and doing a lot of different things with the campaign. What we're building with AHG Adriel Hampton Group is it's gonna be pretty cool. What we're rolling out, we got a lot of really cool people we work with, and Adriel's like a visionary, like the definition of it. He sees things in a way that I could never. So Ladonna is his brain. I want huh? his brain. I do. <laughs> so with a with a good group, I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very exciting. We're all we're all real excited. Um, so we should move on to the news of the week because uh, <laughs> a lot of shit happened. Um, a lot of Hillary related shit happened, unfortunately. <laughs> she won't go away. Never fucking goes away. Um, so we'll we'll get to her book in a little bit, but I, I did want to bring up Verit because Verit, <laughs> Verit. Oh my god! Uh, just, just. Just the most sad, pathetic display of of cronyism I think I've seen in a long time <laughs> in in DC circles. So if you guys don't know who Peter Dow is, he uh, how do I describe Peter <laughs> Dow? He he's basically Hillary's bootlicker in chief. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I often describe him as Norman Bates to Hillary's uh you know <laughs> mother of Norman Bates, but. <laughs> he he's just really shameless uh, on Twitter in, in his defense of Hillary. He he constantly will, you know, attack just random Twitter accounts who say anything remotely critical, no matter how true it is of Hillary. He's, Not even just shameless. It's like his sole life purpose. Like yeah. I don't know if he can comment on anything other than that or fight with anyone anything other than that. Yeah, and it's typically you know an all caps response that makes him seem <laughs> super rational. Uh, 
don't know if you guys remember, but in the WikiLeaks emails, they actually mentioned him and uh, met one of his whatever campaign staff mentioned how he's a little off, which he <laughs> <laughs> went on a fucking tangent about when when he saw that. I guess on Twitter, he's like, "That's not what they meant. They meant I was off message. They didn't mean that I was off." Or, you know. <laughs> All right, Peter. I'm not so sure. Sure, buddy. So. This week he rolled out Verit, which I guess is this uh, project he's working on. I uh, just want to read a little quick excerpt um, from an article Sarah Jones wrote for the New Republic. Uh, Peter Dow continues to embarrass Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Over the weekend, the Clinton Uber loyalist announced the launch of a new website, Verit. Uh, Dow, a former Clinton campaign aide, claims that Verit is intended for the $68.5 million a nod to Clinton's share of the popular vote last November. Uh, it purportedly allows users to submit facts, which the site then verifies and posts, but it sure seems like a way for Dow to continue to grind various axes with Clinton's critics. Uh, then Clinton herself endorsed the site. Um, so she, <laughs> they just collected a uh, collection of Dow's tweets about it because he got super, super uh, triggered about the way people responded to Verit, including... <laughs> Including people like who I would not consider progressives at all, just people on the kind of establishment wing of the left were like, this is a terrible idea. You're not helping. Please stop this. Verit <laughs> um, is, this is from Peter Dow. Verit uh, is necessary because we need to talk about how misogyny, sexism, and racism plague our politics and impact our elections. Verit is necessary because if you're hashtag still with her, <laughs> you endure constant harassment and bullying from the radical right and fringe left. You know, the fringe left, uh, the 92% of the, of the Democratic base that supports Bernie is the fringe left. But um, then, so then Hillary uh, tweeted out kind of an endorsement of it. Uh, I'm excited to sign up for Verit, a media platform for the 65.8 million. Will you join me and sign up too? And then she linked to the uh, website. Um, so then I guess after this, people took notice of it and Peter Dow started tweeting out, uh, there are now threads on message boards plotting about taking Ferret down. <laughs> a Wikipedia page was set up with fabricated information. No, it wasn't. It was a Wikipedia page making fun of how goofy Peter Dow is. It was clearly not like a real, I forget what it was. It was super funny though. Um. And then he then he tweeted in all capitals, by the way, fact, people are still terrified of Hillary. People still want to destroy Hillary. People want I to am silence afraid of her, to be honest. <laughs> oh, my God. People still want to people want to silence anyone who supports her. Um, <laughs> Dow provided no sourcing for his claims that a DDoS attack took Verrett down, a dubious beginning for a would be purveyor of facts. Nor is it clear why people would want to destroy Clinton, who is not an elected official. Uh, in fact, it's unclear what purpose Verrett serves. Uh, quote, for a startup like this to work, it has to be clearly defined, has to have a clearly defined mission, a valuable product, and an engaged base that uh, actually has an interest in using the platform long term. Verrett has none of these, Tom McKay noted at Gizmodo on Monday. Uh, far from the 68.5 million users Dow believes his platform will attract, uh, Verrett's biggest backers right now appear to be writers for the pro-Clinton uh, pro news site ShareBlue, which is 
fucking awful just garbage organization if you guys aren't familiar with it um yeah this almost seems like correct the record part two like it's trying to somehow authenticate you know facts around clinton like this is true because it has a number attached to it you know like there's Mm -hmm. no real (laughs) we say it's true therefore it's true we're giving you a number so believe us i don't i don't get it yeah so things that get posted on verit um and these are, and so the whole point is that now each of these posts, and they're really strange, they're almost kind of like tweets, but they're like note card sized, and they have little Verit authentication codes, so you can go to Verit and plug in the authentication code to see if it's a Verit verified fact. <laughs> um, no mention of who's actually doing the fact checking, probably just Peter Dow in his basement, but, <laughs> um, but they post facts like... Um, this one, 12% of Sanders voters cast their votes uh, for Trump over Clinton. Now, that is true, but if you read into that, uh, 25% of Hillary Clinton voters voted for John McCain in the 2008 primary. So that's a little misleading, because clearly... Correct the record. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just to correct the record, that's putting it out there to be like, hey, look, a bunch of his supporters or whatever... The other thing that that doesn't take into account is that a very small percentage of those, I think it was something like 3% were strong Democratic leaning. Uh, the rest of them were independents or Republicans. You know, that, that are unaffiliated Republicans or, you know, right-leaning independents that voted for Bernie because, surprise, surprise, he actually turns people out to vote who wouldn't normally vote for a Democrat. So that's a very misleading statistic. And, of course, they use that to, um, you know... And there were some other ones. I, I don't actually have it in front of me, but there was one that was essentially like uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, along with uh, Russia, helped to elect Trump or something like that. And that was like a ver- verified fact. And then it linked to an article that kind of supposed that without any actual proof. I, I don't know who this is for. Like, who who is... It's just continuing his drivel, and I guess maybe it's for those, I don't know, 5% of people on Twitter that want to be able to go somewhere and say, no, it's true, because look, it's verified here, like, you know, when they're in these, you know, Twitter battles or whatever. Um, it's it's really, it's preaching to the choir. It's her own, you know, it's the hardcore Clinton people. Nobody else gives a shit, really. And it's just so damaging. It's like, they always talk about how progressives are not letting the left unite, this is, like, thing number one that's preventing any kind of unification or, or dying down in this feud. They're like, oh, don't relitigate 2016. This is relitigating 2016. Like, creating this bullshit site to, like, serve the the kind of hateful 8%, you know, like that poll that said only 8% of the party uh, disapproves of Bernie, basically, has a negative opinion of Bernie. That's who this site is for. Like, I don't understand what purpose it serves, and by her endorsing it, it's her saying, yeah, no, this is pretty much how I feel. Like, I want these guys to go out there and say this because I can't say it. But, as we saw from her book excerpts, she might be able to say it. She seems to think she can say it. Um, It's just such propaganda, you know, and it's just continuing Dow's bullshit in a different form, basically. It's taking his Twitter and saying it's a platform, but it's really just... They should just call it defending Hillary. <laughs> Leave it at that. Yeah. I, like this and correct the record are both just propaganda arms of the establishment and of the Clintonites. I mean, that's really that's really it. And when you have to create your own organizations to say, 
hey, I'm not a shitty person, and you have to create your own organization to when say... When you're part of the establishment, no less. You're already a part of the establishment, but you still have to create your own organization because even the establishment is like, I'm getting sick of this shit. I mean, this shit's like... Un- this is like what Kim Jong-un does. Like, this is like really unhinged. I... Between this and some of the shit she said in the book excerpts and the CBS interview, like, she sounds more and more like Trump every day. It's unbelievable to me. They're both narcissists. I mean, yeah, we knew yeah. that ago. It's just one of them's like, you know, to a whole nother extreme. But, yeah, it's it's terrible. This is amazing that these are the two options that were turned up for people. <laughs> and then people wonder why nobody wants to fucking get out and vote or do anything. Because... Yeah. yeah, and you wonder why 50 million people didn't vote. Yeah, like, God. So, you know, I mentioned it, uh, but Hillary's got a book coming out, and, um, yeah. Uh, so we have some excerpts uh, that I guess people that got advanced copies uh, had leaked out because they were like, I can't fucking believe this is, like, an actual thing that she wrote or a ghostwriter wrote and she approved in this book. Um, so just a couple pages I want to read for you guys. Um, this is from, uh, the book, uh, Jake Sullivan, my top policy advisor told me it reminded him of a scene from the 1998 movie. There's something about Mary. By the way, can she try any harder to be like pop culturally relevant than fucking like (laughs) quoting a movie that, you know, she's never seen from like 30, 20 years ago, like whatever. Um, so uh, a deranged hitchhiker says he's come up with a brilliant plan. Instead of the famous eight-minute abs exercise routine, he's going to market seven-minute abs. It's the same, just quicker. Then the driver, played by Ben Stiller, says, well, why not six-minute abs? That's what it was like in policy debates with Bernie. We would propose a bold infrastructure investment plan or an ambitious new apprenticeship program for young people, a.k.a. unpaid internship, um, and then Bernie would announce basically the same thing, but bigger. On issue after issue, it was like he kept proposing four-minute abs or even no-minute abs. Magic abs. Someone sent me a Facebook post. She's seriously sharing a meme in her fucking book right now. <laughs> Somebody sent me a Facebook post that summed up the dynamic in which we were caught. Bernie, I think America should get a pony. Hillary, how will you pay for that pony? Where will the pony come from? How will you get Congress to agree to the pony? Bernie, Hillary thinks America doesn't deserve a pony. Bernie supporters, Hillary hates ponies. Hillary, actually, I love ponies. Bernie supporters, she changed her position on ponies. Hashtag which Hillary. Hashtag which Hillary. Uh, headline, Hillary refuses to give every American a pony. This is... I, I, all right, well, let me finish this, because I, I, I have so much to tear into this. Debate moderator, Hillary, how do you feel when people say you lie about ponies? <laughs> I can understand. I, if... I'm thinking of myself for a second. Had I been a part of, had I had the misfortune of being a part of her campaign, I can understand where she's coming from. If it weren't for one simple fact, Bernie has had the same message, same positions on all of this stuff for 40 years. It's not like she came out with something and then he said, oh, no, no, we're going to go further. He's always been where he was. She's the one that continues to change. Yeah. And I I just want to bring a few things down. (laughs) To call... Healthcare is a basic human right for everybody. A pony is so fucking telling of her of her elitism and the way she lives in a bubble. It's a pony, yet every other country in the fucking world has it, except us. Every other industrialized country in the world has it. So I guess it's not a fucking pony for them. Um, 
And for her to claim that the media and that the debate moderators would favor Bernie's messaging over hers is just so laughable for anybody. Even Hillary voters who paid attention to the way the media covered Bernie versus Hillary is so fucking hilarious to me, the victim complex that she has. I, mean, I don't know. There were people on Twitter recently that were trying to say that that Bernie got the most favorable coverage. And I'm like, wait a minute. He may have gotten some some coverage that was more favorable, but you look at the amount of coverage, he got almost none. I mean, a number of hours? Forget about it. Yeah. And she <laughs> for her just to just say that they were basically proposing the same things, that's fucking ridiculous. I mean, you can look at down the board, you know, energy. Bernie was proposing... Uh, 100% renewables by 2030, ban on fracking. Hillary, I want an all above all of the above strategy that includes fracking. Meanwhile, she also had uh, helped spread fracking all over the world when she was Secretary of State. Uh, minimum wage. Hillary, I want $12 an hour. Bernie, I want $15 an hour. The, the fucking difference between $3 an hour over the course of a year for someone who makes as little as $12 an hour is so fucking massive, but she has no idea because she hasn't made $15 an hour since... Uh, ever. Yeah, <laughs> ever. Pr pretty much ever. Since she was fucking campaigning for segregation as Barry Goldwater back in the 60s, probably. Exactly. Um, just across the board. I mean, the infrastructure plan, she claims that Bernie stole it from her, yet he proposed an infrastructure bill a year before she even put one forward. It's like, she's just just lies it's just like such it's so crazy to me how she just has no compunctions about just like bald-faced lies in this book and it's uh, and you have to wonder like was she just not paying attention or is she truly like does she not yeah, yeah i don't see know that? i don't or, know i, I guess, don't know if she really believes that or if she's just justifying it to herself uh, it's a really yeah. interesting question but um, it does know. sound like that her losing really did hit her hard, harder than she might have wanted to admit, you know, that kind of going and hiding in the woods for a while and the taking walks and everything. It does sound like she was really surprised by it, that she in every way felt entitled to and, and expected to win. Um, I don't know at what point they figured it out. Google Trends knew it all along, but apparently they didn't know until <laughs> the night before. Well, I mean, it's literally like, I think it's, when we talk about like, the bubble and people becoming out of touch, I really think like yeah. the Clintons are the perfect perfect example of that. Um, and who knows? Maybe the campaign also shielded her from everything. I mean, that's uh, that's a thing that some campaign teams will do for their candidate is they will shield them from all the bad things and make them, you know, only show them the good things. Which reminds me, oh, that's our president too, because they're both <laughs> yeah. narcissists. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he gets a folder of positive news. Well, who knows if he's getting any more? He's fired so many staffers. But, uh, well, and I can get her frustration. She had people on her team, you know, like the, the founders of Google, you know, and Facebook. She had all of these, you know, brilliant minds on her team. And yet they lost because of Cambridge Analytica just, you know, outgaming them. They, they did it better, you know, unless there was some hacking, which we can talk about in a separate thing. But, but ultimately, if, if their votes were valid, then they were just outplayed, outgamed, and they just couldn't fathom how that could happen with the well, advisors they had. And this, I'm not even trying to make this fair. It is to note, and it's a later subject. I mean, the Republicans purged three million voters across the country because Republicans oh, yeah. steal elections. Right. But Hillary was a part of stealing the election from burning the primary. So that's why they want to talk about Russia, Russia, Russia. 
because they don't get you to focus on the things that actually matter. Because as soon as they start talking about election fraud, they really, the Republicans do it at a larger scale, yes. But that's one of those things that you can't say, oh, well, we only kind of do it and you're immune of it. No, as, as soon as you do it too, you lose all room to t- comment on it. Gerrymandering, same thing, yeah. Well, and, you know, the, the people around her have no fucking shame because you see people like Donna uh, Donna Brazil and Debbie Wasserman Schultz tweet all the time about how our election integrity was under attack. The balls that these people have to still show their faces in public, let alone talk about electioneering and interfering with elections is, like, unbelievable to me. But, you know, they have no shame because they live in a bubble where people around them tell them that everyone loves them, <laughs> despite the overwhelming evidence to the contrary. And, you know, it's just... Um, From living in D.C. for a while, I can really see how it happens. I mean, I'm, I'm glad as a political advisor now that I'm outside of D.C. and I'm more connected to people outside of that, because you really do, after a while, you're around the same people with the same type of thinking and same sort of establishment stuff. I think it can be hard to break out of that. Yeah. No. And your paycheck depends on it. I mean, that's the right. thing. It's like you, you join a club and the money the money's where that club is, so... Yeah, they, they get out of touch really easily, and I, that's why it's it's actually almost an interesting case study, like from a <clears throat> like a psychiatry or psychology standpoint about like how much of this is them knowing that they're just pieces of shit, and how much of it is they're just used to being pieces of shit, and then all their actions are that of a piece of shit. Yeah, I called her <laughs> shit three times, not four times. <laughs> Tell so, us how you really feel. <laughs> so I have another I have another excerpt from the book because uh, the hits just keep coming. And this is only two pages out of the book, so I, I can't wait till people actually start digging into this thing because uh, the way she writes, she seems to be totally unself-aware. I mean, you know, people just found that that excerpt from the 96 book she wrote, uh, Takes a Village, where she was super proud of the fact that she treated her slaves. prison slaves uh, nicely. So I can only imagine with people having that on, you know, on the brain that they're going to find a lot of interesting stuff in this book. But um, so this is another excerpt. Because we agreed on so much, Bernie couldn't make an argument against me in this area on policy. So he had to resort to innuendo and impugning my character. That's that's very indicative of how he treated the debates. Um, Some of his supporters, these so-called Bernie bros... (laughs) Of which I am one. (laughs) (laughs) Took to harassing my supporters online. Let me pause for a second. It's so fucking obvious that she's just trying to smear an entire group of the left. Because you could say this about literally anybody's quote-unquote supporters or any detractors of yours. Literally anyone. Like, you know, Bernie could come out and be like, oh yeah, all these Hillary people coming out. But like, he doesn't because that's shitty because you don't blame a candidate for their supporters, for the for a fringe element of their supporters that may harass you. I mean, literally everybody is harassed online, you know? Well, and not to mention the fact that if they do want to push this Russia narrative, then, you know, it's been shown since the election that a lot of these so-called Bernie bros arguing on Twitter and whatnot were actually bots. So a lot of it yeah, wasn't so even real. Yeah, so a lot of it real. wasn't even real people. <laughs> Um, but they've, to some degree, radicalized a lot of people who are like, hey, maybe stop fucking smearing our names when we're just saying that we want the party to be progressive and you're trying to act like we're these racist, sexist, misogynist, you know, horrible yeah. people, which is is ridiculous to say about the furthermost left, fl- uh, you know, fringe of the party. Um, so uh, some of his supporters, the so-called Bernie bros, 
took to harassing my supporters online. It got ugly and a, more than a little sexist. <laughs> when I finally challenged Bernie to a debate... <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. When I finally challenged Bernie during a debate to name a single time I changed a position or vote because of financial contribution, he couldn't come up with anything. Hmm. Gee, maybe that's because he was trying to be nice and didn't want to mention the fact that you used to support single-payer health care, but now all of a sudden say that it's something that will never come to pass and call it a pony, or the fact that you, uh, you know, supported the role, uh, you didn't support the bankruptcy protections bill that came before you, you didn't support, I mean, just across the board, that you support fracking instead of, a, you know. It doesn't matter because she could have said, well, that wasn't because of this, you know, money yeah, I course, received, yeah. right? So, the way she you know, there was it, no winning that. Say, yeah. Yeah. The way she frames it, she can literally say, oh, well, my vote never changed on that. I believe X, Y, and Z. But it's not a matter of changing your vote. It's a matter of your principles and you not having any and you doing whatever <laughs> you think your corporate donors want you to do. Like with, No with moral your... core and basically trying to legislate by poll by, you know, yeah. whatever way the wind is blowing. When, when there's a national movement to fight for 15 fight for $15 an hour, you only support $12 an hour. Meanwhile, you used to serve on the board at Walmart. Gee, I wonder why you feel that way about minimum wage. Like, people people aren't dumb. She still thinks people are dumb enough to fall for, uh, you know. Um, oh, wait. But I'm a misogynist who voted for Jill Stein. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um... Yeah, LaDonna, you hate women. <laughs> I really do. Uh... <clears throat> I lost my page. Oh, okay. So, uh, never, nonetheless, his attacks caused lasting damage, making it harder to unify progressives in the general election and paving the way for Trump's crooked Hillary campaign. So she blamed Bernie for creating the crooked Hillary image. Not, not her, her, her fucking 25 plus years of crookedness in public life. Like, and he went after her with such kid gloves. I mean, he kept it to policy. There were so many things he could have said have. that he didn't. Probably yeah, should have, that, that should have, and he didn't. I mean, her Goldman Sachs speeches, when they came out in the WikiLeaks, were, like, disgusting. I mean, let you, you know, I have a public <laughs> position and a private position. The rich are unfairly oppressed and demonized in this country. I mean, there's so many things like that. It, it's just unbelievable. Um, it was great to read, though, because you know that's the reality of a lot of politics, the public position, private position, oh, sure. all yeah, that bullshit. Absolutely. I mean, that's what's unique about Bernie is that it's just his position, you know? Yeah, no, and it's a shame that we have so few people that we actually know are really principled and that when they get into office won't, you know, just do whatever gets them more power. But it's a tough thing to find. Um I don't know if that bothered Bernie or not. He certainly shared my horror at the thought of Donald Trump becoming president, and I appreciated that he campaigned for me in the general election. But he isn't a Democrat. That's not a smear. That's just what he says. So I guess she's admitting that everything above that paragraph was a smear. Um, he didn't get into this race to make sure a Democrat won the White House. He got into this race to disrupt the Democratic Party. Yeah, okay. I'm sure that's why he got into the race. He was right that the Democrats needed to strengthen our focus on working families and that there's always danger of spending too much uh, time courting donors because of our insane campaign finance system. And she seems super, super, uh, you know, <laughs> offended by. <laughs> what did she say about uh, Wall Street that she was going to go and tell him to cut it out? Back in 
That was, her, that, was her, that was her big answer during the debates as to how she would reform Wall Street. Because she, she's not for reinstating Glass-Steagall, which is another <laughs> policy that was probably affected by the money she gets from Wall Street. Um, uh, so he also engaged a lot of young people in the political process for the first time, which is extremely important. But I think he was fundamentally wrong about the Democratic Party. The party that brought us Social Security under Roosevelt, Medicare, I love how she, uh, okay, uh, <laughs> Medicare and Medicaid under Johnson, peace between Israel and Egypt under Carter, broad-based prosperity and a balanced budget under Clinton, and rescued the auto industry, passed health care reform, and th this is the most galling thing I've ever heard in my entire life, and imposed tough new rules on Wall Street under Obama. <laughs> I am proud to be a Democrat, and I wish Bernie were too. So, I want to dig into that, but I, I want you, your guys' thoughts first on, on, on just that excerpt, because... <laughs> I mean, that's, that's honestly, that's the losing mentality, though. It, because it's, well, first of all, I mean, it's bullshit just on its face. Yeah. Because, let's be real, Bernie's closer to FDR than Hillary ever was. Um <laughs> Although there's an argument that on some things Hillary's closer to Johnson with like kind of being a subtle racist. But anyway, predators <laughs> yes. um, and all. But anyway, um, does, it, she also, does she also talk to AIDS with the uh, the bathroom door open while she's taking a shit like Johnson? Oh God, <laughs> yeah. It's it just it's ridiculous because who is bringing more people into the party? Who is winning on popular ideas? I I honestly don't even get why. It shouldn't even matter about this whole label thing. Yes, it matters. You're a Democrat, whatever. But the guy I want to be a Democrat, if I'm a Democrat, is the one who's going to win it for me. And Bernie was the one that's going to win it for me because he had the most populist positions. Hillary didn't. So it just it's amazing how the Republicans do it as well. I think it's just that, once again, that like that power mindset. You take You take the strongest attack that is thrown at you. You act like that's the ridiculous one, and then you go after the bullshit for them. That's what Bush did to Kerry. Kerry's a war hero. They called him a coward. He had a purple heart. Bush was AWOL doing blow, <laughs> and he was a war hero. So, I mean, it's, it's scary when you see neocons do the same thing as neoliberals and Clintonites, and then they act like they're progressives. It's insane. Well, that's because there, there's not a big difference between David Frum and Hillary Clinton when you really boil down, you know, the brass tacks of it. Um... I just find it so funny that she's touting FDR's, uh, you know, all, all that he did with the New Deal. You know, her fucking husband repealed Glass-Steagall. Like, <laughs> she's fought against, like, almost all of these things that she mentioned. You know? Well, and it's funny to me when I you know, interact with a lot of the, the still with her people online and they're all like, you know, to, to Bernie supporters, we don't want you in the party. He's not a Democrat. Get out of the party. We don't need you. And I thought, how the fuck do you think you're going to win? in 2018 or 2020 without the majority of Americans, you know, with the most popular politician in the country. How do you think you're going to win on that? And they don't care. They don't care. They'd rather keep losing. Again, it's all about the gravy train. Yeah. And it, it's just unbelievable to me. And she admits so much from that paragraph that the Democrats <laughs> have given us, her husband, including, you know, especially in terms of just, you know, deregulating, uh, the telecoms industry, which is why we only have six media companies right now, um, the crime bill, like all the shit that he gave us that's fucking devastated uh, the base, basically. And it's why it's why the party, you know, the party 
as a as a name is so unpopular right now because there's so many things associated with it. But, the only positive thing I have to say about the Clinton era is it's the last time I remember last time I remember paying ninety six cents a gallon for gas. That's the only <laughs> thing I have to say. Which Other is than probably that, just because of inflation. I mean, you exactly. Know, <laughs> you know, like I would even, but and I love the things that she touts for him weren't like some kind of big progressive reforms. They were like, oh, he balanced the budget. Yeah, that's what Republicans, you know, cite <laughs> as their number one economic. Not that a balanced budget is bad, but typically to balance a budget, you need to do some shitty things like cut essential services, and you know, it's just, uh, I, I just, I. I Oh, and, and for her to say that he got into the primary to disrupt the Democratic Party, no. He got into the primary to bring the Democratic bar- Party back to where it used to be, where it would actually serve people, not fucking... I actually think that they brought him in. I think they brought him in thinking, this guy's a socialist, he's old, there's no way that anyone would ever care about him. I think they saw him as, like, Lincoln Chafee, you know, one of those just, like, <laughs> you know, out-of-it kind of people, and they never, in their wildest dreams could have imagined how Bernie's message would take off. That's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, yeah, I just, especially when you think about the the whole Pied Piper strategy and the idea that they were trying to elevate, you know, certain candidates, you know, that, that Trump was the person that she wanted to oppose all along thinking that that was the easiest one to beat. I think they had the same attitude about Bernie and then he's filling stadiums and she's (laughs) leaving bowling alleys empty. Oh my God. Yeah. And when it's really hard to just, Jimmy Dore makes this point too, that like if she found Trump so disgusting and stuff, why is there a picture of them hanging out at one of Trump's (laughs) wedding? Like it just, they are, it's amazing how corrupt. This was like the epitome of how corrupt we've let our system get was 2016 when you had two of the most corrupt people in the country, one who's been, you know, the the epitome of political corruption, and then one who's been the epitome of business corruption, and it was like literally it was a clash. And that actually kind of it kind of makes me feel good in a way because we saw what Bernie was building, and now we're seeing all these pathetic attempts, these last grabs from power. I mean, what Clinton and uh, David Brock, no, which uh, Peter Dow, what Peter Dow. Clinton, you know, they're doing their last grab for power. They still have that small group. They're smearing Bernie. And then you got Trump and the neocons. You know, they have their last grab for power trying to get in every single white supremacist, racist piece of legislation they can because they know their time's about to be fucking up. They see the writing on the wall, I think. So that's why we're seeing such – you look at it and you're like, this is insane. And, yeah, it's their last grab. They're doing everything. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. Fighting uh, for relevancy to the death, yeah. Oh, hopefully it's the last crap. <laughs> if if Hillary's people don't fuck it up again, because I mean they're that they still have this stranglehold over the Democratic Party uh, machinations, and I, I <laughs> I'm very worried that we're going to see a replay of 2016 and 2020. Can you yeah. imagine though if if draft Bernie does work and he just says fuck you to the Democrats and decides to do his own party? I mean, honestly, I think that's the only way a third party will be viable in this country probably for, for decades. Um, I, I think he's the only one that can pull it off. It is. I don't think he's going to do it. I still think he's, I mean, he's made it very clear he doesn't want to do it. Um, yeah. I do hope he's keeping that in his back pocket in case the party does fuck him over again if he runs in 2020. Yeah. Say, all right, great. Well, you know, <laughs> fool me once. Uh, 
yeah, I'm going to go join with these guys and fucking cut your numbers in half. And maybe I'll win, maybe I won't, but you're going to have to come to us and get our support. You know, we're not going to deal with this bullshit anymore. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. But uh, speaking of 2020, I don't know if you guys saw this. I, I just saw it today. Uh, Cory Booker came out and uh, in support of Bernie's Medicare for All bill that he's introducing Wednesday, I believe, of this week. They're all jumping on the bandwagon because they know that it'll never happen. Well, and by the time it's it's a realistic option, they'll all be they'll all backed away from it, just like in <laughs> California. It's funny. It's like the twenty the people that support it are just like a list of people that are going to run for president in twenty twenty. So far, it's just they know it's popular. Yeah, Bernie, who we know actually supports it, uh, but Kamala Harris signed on to it. Cory Booker. Um, Kristen Gillibrand, and I think Jeff Merkley all signed on to it. And they're all people that have talked about, you know, potentially running in 2020. So this is a very good move because they know uh, that if they run in 2020 and they don't come out in support of it, they're going to look fucking horrible in the debates. And that's probably the only reason they're endorsing it. And like you said, it's not going to pass right now because even if they did somehow find the votes in the Senate, Trump's not going to sign it. Although lately, who the fuck knows what he's going to do? I mean, I mean well, and with the way that things Schumer. are gerrymandered, even if any of them did win the presidency in 2020, they'd never have to vote for it because they're, you know, assured of, a, of Republicans, you know, maintaining control that it would never even come up for a vote. So I think it's, I think it was a political calculation. Yeah. All of their parses just say this is safe and easy to do right now because it will never fucking happen. But you know what? That's, I mean, that is good in a way because we still are going to hold them to that. And when they do get in there and if they do somehow, you know, get a majority in the, in the houses of Congress, we're going to fucking expect and demand that they deliver on what they promised. So, um, whatever it takes to move them, whether it's for altruistic reasons or if it's just for politically calculating reasons, which we suspect in most of these cases it is, I, I think it's a net positive. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out though. I mean, like you said, it's very, the map is not friendly to Democrats in 2018, especially yeah. in the Senate. Yep. Um, but the House is up for grabs. I mean, as you said, gerrymandering is going to play a huge factor, but if there's enough Democrats out there, and we know plenty of them, you know, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of them on the show as the primaries in 2018 get closer, but... Um, if the Democrats can cultivate a good crop of actual populist progressives who deliver on messages uh, that resonate with all of the voters, even in red states, I think we can shock a lot of people in 2018. But it's really going to be on the party to not hamstring those people and to actually support those people and read the tea leaves and kind of see that that's where the country is going. And even we all know I'm that ain't already, happen. yeah, <laughs> snowball's chance so. in hell. <laughs> Um, and that's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think why all of us are doing the work that we're doing is to, to try to highlight those progressives that are being blacked out by the mainstream media that are getting a, you know, a raw deal people that, that do hold that promise for, for making real change in this country. Um, you know, trying to give them a fair shot. Yeah. Yeah. I think 2018 is going to be, it's going to be interesting. If anything good happens though, the Democrat, like honestly, the, the establishment can't claim credit. They, they'll try, but they it's will. all going to be, like, outside people. I mean, I'm curious to see if their boy Ironstash wins, which I have mixed feelings on, as I know everybody on this yeah. podcast does. But, 
you know, I, I think they're going to pick a couple races and they're going to try everything they can. I mean, they already spent the most in history for congressional race with Ossoff losing to a woman who said she doesn't believe in a living fucking wage. So <laughs> I'm not really confident in their ability. Oh my God. But that's, that's who they think is like the prototype going forward is that fucking idiot. And funnily enough, he's running again for that seat in 2018 because it was a special yeah. election for one year. So they, they, they threw away, they just lit $30 million on fire for a seat that they didn't win that would have only been there for a year. I, all those consultants, it ended up in their pocket. That's what happens. I yeah. mean, that's so it's so once again, it's better that they they would rather stay rich and let the rest of the country suffer than have serious change because serious change means they're not going to still. And this is what's fucked up is they'll actually probably still stay rich, but it, they won't have as much control. I, that's what's so Which depressing. I don't think it really them. matters for them because elections are like a constant source of income for them. I mean, it's almost you know, it's almost always constant. Like there, there's always some pri some midterm or something that you're gearing up for. Right. So, I mean, I, I think for them, it's like ah, good, you didn't win, then we have to run a, a tough uh, re-election. You know, we have to run a, <laughs> a a tough campaign to get you elected against an incumbent. We don't have to worry about you actually focusing on doing your job. You just have to worry about running for two years. Like that's. I don't know. I was looking at um, some of the DCCC strategy stuff and how they're looking at uh, the next races. And it's interesting because, you know, it's very much along the lines of what Pelosi has said, you know, about not needing to change direction. It's it's looking at, um, well, you She's know, a master when... legislator. Well, Donna, I don't know if you're yeah. <laughs> She's a master something. <laughs> But when, you know, they're looking at it like when one party takes, um, you know, the presidency, then typically at midterms, there's a switch. And so they're, they're not even calculating it at all based on policy or public perception. It's, it's based on these, you know, things that they feel like have historically been true. And so therefore, they don't feel like they need to change position because they feel like it's already going to happen based on what historically has happened, that they're going to gain seats. So that's why they're not changing. Yeah. <sighs> well, we'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we just want to talk about that this week. Uh, you know, the hurricane's going on uh, right now down in Florida, so hoping everyone there is safe. Uh, we know a couple Did people. Did you see Ann Coulter's tweet about that? Oh, God, she's such a fucking... <laughs> I... 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 <laughs> Basically, the... Uh, something like, you know, the winds were blowing and, uh, you know, people were dying from boredom or something like that. Meanwhile, you know, if you look, there were people, idiots that were standing next to the ocean, you know, that got pulled in by waves, sucked in and killed. There were people that were shooting at the hurricane. I mean, real, you know, Darwin Award nominee. Super, super great idea. Yeah. yeah. No, this is this was her tweet. Hurricane update from Miami. Light rain. Residents at risk of dying from boredom. Like, how fucking hateful and obnoxious and, like, just so invested in this anti-climate change narrative do you have to be to fucking talk about a Category 4 hurricane that killed, like, 20-something people in the Caribbean already as, like, a, a light... Like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Like, what? One whole island was knocked out. I think it was Barbuda or something. Barbuda, yeah, the whole island was just destroyed. Gone. 
And, you know, plenty of people in Florida, you know, roofs torn off and, and other damage like that. So to, to minimize this, you know, is, is to put all of your own supporters at risk, you know, by, by keeping them where they are rather than getting them to, to flee like they should and evacuate. Yeah. It, but Ann Coulter, I mean, I, I don't expect she's one of the only people I can seriously say from the bottom of my heart. I hate. Oh. Um, and it doesn't surprise me to hear that come out of somebody's mouth who says that every single immigrant that comes here is, you know, here to rape people and to steal and stuff. And, you know, even though it is different, but if you go back in time, some of us who are literally like the grandchildren of fucking immigrants that were treated like we treat people now get a little pissed. And I can't even imagine the people who it's relevant for today. I mean, she is the biggest piece of fucking trash in our country. And because of pieces of shit like Trump, she's relevant again. And Trumps of the world aren't even fucking possible without the Clintons of the world. And that's why all this is so fucked. Sorry, I had to go off there. But it's, you can't have a fascist oh, yeah, without right. a neoliberal. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. No, you can't you can't have fascism rise to power without uh, moderates essentially, you know, <laughs> shying away from fighting back the way that you have to. So uh, on that cheery note, <laughs> that should do it for us this week. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes and share around the podcast. Uh, since we are rebranding, we're going to need to get the word out. Um, and we'll be looking into various avenues of doing so, uh, and come back and join us next week on Move Left, Idiots. Antifa!